You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, see? We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and my website is educateforlife.org. You may or may not have heard, uh, not too long ago, President-elect Donald Trump uh, selected Betsy DeVos to be his Secretary of Education, And many people think this guarantees that his administration is going to try to promote a school choice agenda, which includes giving vouchers to low-income children that could be used to help pay for, among other things, private school tuition. Promoting vouchers, this is from uh, an article that I got off the web. This is uh, EdSource, uh, Highlighting Strategies for Student Success, written by Lewis Friedberg, and uh, says here, Promoting vouchers, especially for private schools, has been a decades-long passion of DeVos. It is also the most specific idea Donald Trump proposed for K-12 schools during a turbulent campaign in which education issues were rarely mentioned. Trump first floated this idea on September 8th, just two months before Election Day. He said, I want, and and this is is a quote, I want every single inner-city child in America who is today trapped in a failing school to have the freedom, the civil right, to attend the school of their choice. Trump said in a speech at Cleveland. As outlined on his website, his plan would grant vouchers worth as much as $12,000 each to every low-income student in the U.S. to use at the private magnet charter or traditional public school of his or her her choice. School choice, his website declares, is the civil rights issue of our time. This is not a new idea for Trump, suggesting that it is likely to have staying power after he gets to the White House. He described this same notion in his 2000 book, the America We Deserve. And my guest today is Andrew Campanella. Andrew is president of the National School Cho- of National School Choice Week. He is a uh, well-known advocate of school choice, and uh, he's here to uh, te- you know, teach us more about it and also to make us aware of what's coming up in, in January, which is uh, National School Choice Week. Andrew, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, so uh, how do you feel about uh, Trump's attitude towards school choice? Well, first, let me say that having worked directly for Betsy DeVos for several years before I joined National School Choice Week, I think she's a fantastic person. I know her heart is in the right place. Mm -hmm. She cares deeply about kids. She has advocated for all types of educational options for families, everything from traditional public schools to charter schools, magnet schools, online academies, private and religious schools, and also preserving the freedom to homeschool. So I think that she will do an absolutely fantastic job. I am optimistic about 2017, not just at the federal level, but at the state level in states across the country. Because it is in states where education policy is truly made and formulated and advanced to help families. And I think we are poised for an incredible year for school choice. Now, why do you say that? Why do you say that it's at the state, state level 
that, uh, you know, edu- education decisions are made? Why, why is it not at the federal level? Uh, and, and wouldn't some people uh, disagree with you there with, with things like Common Core and so forth? Well, there would certainly be folks who disagreed and thought that education should be run from the U.S. Department of Education and at the federal level. But from my experience, states are, as the founders indicated, the laboratories of democracy. Mm. And states have given us, over the last 25 years, some of the most innovative, effective programs to advance student achievement through educational choice. What we see when the federal government tries to implement a one-size-fits-all system on families in individual communities is that sometimes those programs don't work in every community. So my personal view is that individual states and individual communities should work together to create greater opportunities for families to be able to send their kids to the right schools. Now, I think there is a role for the president-elect, the secretary of education, and those at the department. And that role should be to encourage states to be innovative, to encourage states to put students first, and to remove the barriers that have existed preventing states from enacting and expanding existing programs. I think that one thing that people who support all school choice and those who may oppose it would agree on is that top-down federal regulations and policies with really complicated and tangled strings attached are not working for teachers, parents, or kids. Mm. Yeah, you know, um, I I hear what you're saying, and I I completely agree. I've, in our own community here, I ran for school board um, at this past uh, election cycle here. I didn't win... uh, but uh, I, I learned a lot. I got to speak with a lot of administrators in schools, a lot of different people. And there's a big fear out there regarding because I had people contacting me and saying, hey, are you are you pro school choice? Are you pro charter um, or are you opposed to that? And, you know, people were were voting or not voting for me, depending on how I answered that question. And uh, I even had a, a gentleman uh, call me up and say, hey, I'd like to meet with you. And I ended up sitting down with this guy and he uh, he helps run a a charter school, um, basically company that is putting charter schools into different districts and they're getting a lot of pushback because, um, the, the public school, um, school boards are saying you are not allowed to be here. Um, you need to get out of here because you're pulling kids out of the public schools. We're, we're losing our, uh, ADA, uh, money that we would have gotten from the state of California. And so, um, you know, how, how would you respond to somebody who's afraid that, that, uh, you know, pushing school choice is actually detracting from the quality of uh, public school education because they're losing their dollars. Well, I have a few responses. The first would be to say congratulations on trying to run for on running for school board. I'm sorry it wasn't uh, a successful endeavor, but by raising these issues, I think you did your community a great service. Thank and you. we need more people who support educational choice and who support Traditional public schools, too, which is important, and you don't run for school board unless you support traditional public schools to say that they support school choice. So that's my first. My second would be when we talk about school choice, a lot of people like to pit schools against each other and say school choice is about a bureaucrat or a government official determining that one type of school is better than another type of school and everybody fleeing 
district schools. Well, the reality is I view school choice and a lot of school choice supporters view school choice through a very simple lens, and that is giving parents, the people who know their kids the absolute best, the power to choose the school that is right for their individual children and a school that will help them as parents encourage their kids to reach their fullest potential. And so some parents will choose traditional public schools. I went to public schools for all 12 grades plus kindergarten of my education. My mother taught, still teaches, in a traditional public school. Other people might choose charter schools, magnet schools, private schools, online academies, or they'll homeschool. So what I would encourage people who are concerned about school choice and the impact that school choice might have on traditional district schools to recognize is that traditional district schools are a valid and good choice for so many families. So there's really nothing to be worried about. If bureaucrats are worried about money, they should worry more about what they can do to make their schools more attractive so they wouldn't lose students. Oh, wow. That's a good point there. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's exactly what the gentleman that I was speaking to said. He said, look, um, we're not we're not um, taking kids out of these schools that are being served well in those schools. What we're doing is we're helping the kids that are falling through the cracks in the public schools. We're helping the kids that aren't getting the one on one tutoring they desperately need. Um, And and so we're rescuing these kids. And let me give you uh, just two examples. First example is. I lived in Washington, D.C. for 15 years before getting outside of what is perfectly called the swamp. Yeah. <laughs> and in D.C., there is a program called the D.C. Opportunity Scholarship Program. Andrew, and gives- Andrew, I'm sorry. We're coming up on a break here. I'm going to have to cut you off, off here. i got to get these sponsors in uh, so they can pay the bills here. But, but um, uh, my guest today is Andrew Campanella, and he is with National School Choice Week. His website is schoolchoiceweek.com. And... Uh, National School Choice Week is coming up January 22nd through the 28th. And uh, if you want to learn more about what he's doing and how you can get involved in promoting uh, school choice and uh, the opportunity for parents to choose where their children are educated, where they can best be educated, please visit schoolchoiceweek.com. There's all kinds of ways you can get involved. We're going to be right back and continue this discussion and talk about uh, the D.C. scholarship opportunity and how Andrew was involved with that uh, controversy. We'll be right back. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Hi, this is Jason Hall president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family-owned, Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. I will count. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org, where you can listen to a recording of this show and previous shows. we got all kinds of uh, stuff up there on the web, uh, talking to uh, people who are leading uh, the movement in uh, conservative Christian values, as well as uh, political issues, looking at political issues. Today, what we're talking about is school choice, because school choice week is coming up here in January. It's the 22nd through the 28th. My guest today is Andrew Campanella. He is the president of National School Choice Week, and uh, he is an expert on school choice and exactly what what it is and why it's so important. And this is a big part of uh, President-elect Trump's um, mission here. He's very, very much interested in school choice. And uh, this is completely different from uh, President Obama, who in 2009 actually tried to shut down uh, parental choice in education um, through through getting rid of the DC scholarship program, and Andrew, you were um, you were integral to, to reinstating that. Is that correct? Well, I did work with uh, then Speaker, well, Majority Leader, and then Speaker John Boehner to try to get that program saved. And this is a small program that is federally funded that allows kids in the nation's capital to go to private schools if their parents choose to send them to private schools. And it holds the public schools harmless, which is a very interesting mechanism of the program. If a child chooses to go to a private school as a part of this program, then the public schools still get the money that they would have otherwise gotten. And the program has had incredible success. Uh, Student graduation rates are 92, 91% uh, for kids who go through this program. And And it's a program that is... What were the for, for graduation very low rates? Income kids. What were the graduation rates uh, prior to that? Or you said it's ninety two. If my memory serves me correctly, the DC school systems graduation rates at that time were in the fifties or sixty percent. So oh it had gosh. a significant impact on students. And I met a few kids, and this goes to your point, Kevin, about how kids who are struggling are the ones who will leave a school, not kids who are succeeding. A girl named Tiffany, who was getting D's and F's in her class. Uh, in a traditional district school. It might have been a good school, but it wasn't a good school for her. Mm. And she was getting D's and F's. She got a scholarship to go to a private school. She became the valedictorian in her senior year. I see it. I have an example of that here in Florida, where I live, where a girl named Denisha, same thing, situation where she was not doing well in a traditional district school, and she was able to go to a private school, and she became valedictorian. Other examples that show that traditional district schools in one area might be better 
than ones that are closer to your home. I've known students who transfer simply from one district school to another, and they see an absolute improvement. So the message here is not that private schools are better than public schools or charters are better than uh, magnets. It is that each child is different. Every child has unique talents. Every child has unique abilities, and parents know their kids best. They should be able to choose the best school for their kid so that that child can grow up and achieve his or her American dream. That's fantastic. Now, why is it? Why why would they try to shut down the DC scholarship program if uh, if you know if all these things you're saying are true? If there if there's these incredible uh, increase in graduation rates and all this sort of thing, what's going on there? You know, I don't like to try to assess people's motives. Mm. But I will say that politics can be awful, and the politics of education can be awful. We too often pit groups against each other, teachers' unions against parents, uh, school boards, associations against uh, community groups. What I think ends up happening is that when things get political, people run to one side of an issue or another, and there have been concerns in my opinion, completely unfounded that school choice programs might somehow erode confidence in district schools. The reality is that school choice programs improve district schools. They improve all schools. Now, how do they so do think- that? How, how do they improve um, district schools? Uh, and, and how long has school choice been around now? How long has this movement been going? Well, that's a good question, and, and I'll answer the first one, uh, the first question, which is how do they improve district schools? They don't just improve district schools, they improve school choice programs, improve all schools. Because when schools are competing against each other for students, they are required to uh, do more to make sure parents realize what is so good about that school. They're required to almost promote themselves. And if they don't have enough to promote, to improve. I talked to a principal of a school, a public school, traditional district school in Arizona, who told me that because of school choice, his school has gotten better. He is offering more of the programs that parents and kids want. He is pushing his teachers to do even more. And teachers are the unsung heroes of the school choice movement, by the way. So we're seeing competitive pressure, just like it works in every other marketplace in our country, work effectively in education. Uh, So that's the answer to your first question. The second question was how long has school choice been around? And If you look at the totality of school choice, all different options out there, it's been around really since the beginning of time. Homeschooling is the original school choice. Yeah. (laughs) And we at School Choice Week, we celebrate homeschooling as an incredible option for families. And in fact, we have 2,200 homeschool groups across the country planning open houses and events during National School Choice Week, January 22nd through the 28th, because we want to celebrate homeschooling as well. So now, school choice now that's has been around from the beginning of time, but for the last 25 years is when there's been an emphasis on specific programs in bricks and mortar schools. Now, it's interesting what you're saying here, because it, it would almost seem that, uh, you know, homeschool families, uh, you know, people that have chosen that option um, would be kind of like, well, th- th- this doesn't really have an impact on me. Um, are they are they actually getting funds? Um, you know, this just started happening in California they, the state is actually now giving money to parents who homeschool their children. It's a very interesting. I, I, I'm curious to know more about uh, the impetus of this and, and what started it and who, who got the idea. 
But a lot of my friends who homeschool their kids, I'm a private school teacher, but a lot of my friends who homeschool their kids, they're getting money uh, to, from the state to homeschool their children. They, they have to account where the money goes to, uh, to is basically, you know, like a voucher. And then they can, they can put them in, uh, you know, piano lessons or uh, gymnastics or uh, spend the money at uh, Mathnasium, a, a math tutoring lab or, or whatever the case. Uh, are you seeing more and more of this in other states where homeschool parents are actually be- benefiting from uh, school, school choice legislation? It really depends on the state. We are seeing um, more states embracing homeschooling families as opposed to trying to clamp down or crack down on homeschooling, which I have always found to be completely bizarre. And one of the reasons the homeschooling movement is so strong and that it's growing and they are a very powerful political force Mm -hmm. is because of some of the things that happened in places like California, where legislators completely overreached and tried to make parents who homeschool their kids have to go get another bachelor's degree and get licensed as a teacher. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was, you know, it was crazy. Completely bizarre. (laughs) So you look at at the homeschooling movement and people say, wow, don't mess with homeschoolers, not only because they do a great (laughs) job educating their kids and you look at every metric and homeschoolers just perform phenomenally, but they have, seen the threats to their homeschooling freedoms, and they have fought them off successfully. And if you look at the story of homeschooling in America, it's actually really cool. There are 2.3 million kids being homeschooled right now, and 100,000 more kids are being homeschooled every single year. So what some people would think as quaint and old-fashioned is actually very modern and very trendy almost in a way. Yeah, yeah. Producing awesome results. And now with new technology and computer programs and apps on your iPhone, parents who might not know physics or, you know, some, for example, that would be mine, I don't know physics, uh, can tap into some of these online resources and access those uh, to augment the education they're providing their kids in the home. So I think the future of homeschooling is going to be really awesome. Yeah, it looks so exciting to me. My guest today is Andrew Campanella, and he is the president of National School Choice Week. That's going to be uh, happening in January, where there's going to be these events all over the country uh, celebrating and informing people about exactly what school choice is. You know, it's, it's really caught fire, but there's still so many more people who need to know what this is and need the opportunity to be able to take advantage of it. And we're going to, uh, you know, very likely we're going to see some big changes here um, with uh, Donald Trump's administration uh, putting people in charge like Betsy DeVos and others uh, who are very pro-parental uh, choice, uh, giving parents the right to put their kids where they need to be. And so stay with us. We're going to talk about is it possible that California could ever have school choice or more school choice, uh, specifically private school choice? Is that possible? Um, my guest today is Andrew Campanella, and we're going to be right back and talk about that. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? never really thought about it, but I've always just thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages.
How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com. 619 Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. I'm giving it all away No more hiding, no more stalling I hear you calling me Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. You can listen to a recording of this show or past shows. We're also on YouTube. We're on iTunes. And um, please check us out, subscribe, like us. Uh, You can also visit me on Facebook. I love to have your comments or questions or Uh, Just encouragement, whatever you want to throw our way would be fantastic. And uh, we do have a a ministry, a homeschool curriculum on our website also. If you are a homeschool parent and you're looking for some sort of a uh, Bible education, we have that available. So I'd love to have you check that out, educateforlife.org. My guest today is Andrew Campanella. And Andrew, um, in California, uh, we have a constitutional amendment. Um, It specifically prohibits spending any public funds for support of any sectarian or denominational school or on any school not under the exclusive control of the officers of the public schools. And that's a quote from, uh, from California's Constitution. And so some people are saying, hey, this will never happen in California, every, you know, all these other states. We see Arizona next to us where um, it's my understanding that a, a person can send their child to any school they want uh, you know, under a certain income level if their family is under a certain income level. And they will get 90% of what the state would have spent if they had gone to a public school. And yet here in California, people are looking at it. You know, I teach at a Christian school and the parents, uh, you know, have to pay the taxes for the public schools. But then they also have to pay the tuition for the private school. And they they only do it because, um, you know, they really, that's something they really value and they really want for their child. Um, Do you think it's possible we'll ever get private school choice in California? Well, first of all, you have that amendment, and it's called a Blaine Amendment. And the reason it's called a Blaine Amendment is because back in the 1800s, James G. Blaine and a lot of other folks wanted to make sure that there were you know, no support whatsoever, no dollars flowing at all to any religious school. So these Blaine Amendments actually have a root in anti-religious bigotry, which is uh, sad that the remnants of anti-Christian bigotry exists in our country and 
are enshrined in these constitutions today. Yeah, you'd think uh, we have the First Amendment, uh, Amendment religious freedom, and yet uh, specifically we're being discriminated against specifically because of our religion. That's exactly right. And you think of all the other functions of government where we absolutely rely on religious and private institutions, whether it's faith-based hospitals for health care, mm-hmm. uh, where states and federal government are providing uh, funds and reimbursements to them, whether it's higher education, where we have Pell Grants and state scholarships, uh, whether it is providing support for the homeless, you name it. There's so many ways that the government works hand-in-hand with religious institutions and also other non-denominational, non-religious institutions, too, um, and they're able to set their boundaries just fine. So, you know, we've got to look at these amendments, number one. Number two, there is a way that private school choice could become a reality for California, even with that amendment, and it's something called an education savings account. That basically allows parents to opt to take a portion of the state money that would go to their child's traditional district school education, have it placed in a state-monitored account, and they can choose to use those funds for any number of things, whether it's to augment homeschooling, to send their child to a private school and pay tuition, to send their child to a school in a different district, and yes, some districts do charge tuition if you don't live there, or for tutoring and other expenses. So we have seen Nevada, for example, pass an education savings account program in its first year, incredibly popular. Arizona has similar program. Florida has created a program as well. All of these states with Blaine amendments, similar to California's, looking at education savings accounts, which the courts have said, because the money is no longer in the state's coffers and because the money is at the sole discretion of the parent and doesn't even have to be used for a private school at all, but could be used for another public school Mm. that the Blaine amendment is not being violated. So that would be the path for California. But I want to point out that as we're talking about school choice, California parents do have choices within the district system. They have the freedom to homeschool. There are a lot of magnet schools and a lot of great public charter schools. Mm -hmm. So there are options. Yeah, you know, something that's interesting that I found out, too, where I live in the um, specific um, part of San Diego, where the the Grossmont Union Board, I found out that one of the schools not too long ago was a public school, but uh, but they became a charter school. And I didn't know that a public school could apply to become a charter school. And uh, they've seen incredible success since they became a charter school. Is this something that you see happening frequently where a public school uh, uh, transitions to a charter school? You know, we're seeing that occasionally. There are a few reasons why it might happen. So people would say, well, why would a district school want to convert to a charter school? And the first reason could be they have a great idea. They want to educate kids based on a specific theme or a specific curriculum, and they need a little bit more freedom and flexibility to do that. So what they're basically saying is, okay, we think we can do this. We think we can do it better, and we think we could do it for less money, which is what happens when you become a charter school, you get less money. Um, So we're going to convert, and they have to go through a whole process to do it, and usually when you have a conversion like that, 
um, it turns out to be really successful because a lot of the teachers were bought in, the administrators, the parents, et cetera. The other thing is California has what is called a parent trigger law. And I don't like that term, but what it basically yeah. <laughs> means is because I think it, it connotes something bad, but yeah. it's actually really a parent <laughs> empowerment law. Yeah. Um, parents can, if they sign a petition in a certain area, if they're not happy with the quality of a school, they can sign a petition, go through a process and have that school converted to new management and a new management structure. Um, it's sort of allowing parents to, you know, decide the fate of or save, in my opinion, save a local school that might not be performing. And if you have a vast majority of parents saying that a school is not working for their kids mm -hmm. and they don't feel there are other options, a conversion may be the way to go. Wow, that's so interesting. I was, I was not aware of that. Now, uh, something interesting about California is that uh, almost 60% of our, we have about 6.2 million students enrolled in public schools. About 60% are classified as low income and they actually qualify for the federal free and reduced uh, price meal program, which um, I'm sure you're uh, well, uh, very familiar with it, Title I funds, that uh, what's interesting here is I, I heard somebody say that another way the, you could promote school choice within a state was uh, the federal government could potentially, if Trump uh, was leaning in this direction or the other people that are in leadership, uh, could actually fund um, – basically vouchers from the federal standpoint uh, to the to the people of the state if the state wasn't cooperating. Uh, do you think that's a possibility or is there are, are there downsides to that? There are possibilities for that. I will admit that I have not read up on the specific aspect of uh, the me you know, the mechanics yeah, the, rather yeah. of how that all happened. Sure, sure. Um, but I will say that I know there are some proposals being floated out there to block grant certain funds to states or to take uh, a section of funds that are going to uh, fund one program and have the same goal achieved by funding uh, a variety of different types of schools. So I think it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah. Um, I still, you know, firmly believe that the that the way we're going to see more school choices through state level leadership and with uh, federal officials using the bully pulpit to promote that, to encourage it, and also relaxing restrictions and requirements that have prevented states from going that route. I think that's the surest and fastest way to school choice uh, for more families. Absolutely. My guest today is Andrew Campanella, uh, National School Choice Week president, and uh, their website is schoolchoiceweek.com. Please check it out. We've got two more segments left. We're going to continue to discuss this. A huge survey just recently came out um, showing uh, people's satisfaction with uh, school choice options. We'll be right back. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. A lot is riding on your car's safety and performance. 
Count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard. Honesty, integrity, and quality service. ASC, BBB, and NAPA certified. 760-439-1631. Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. For 36 years, Fastlane Kayaking has helped people like you experience everything that's great about San Diego. Fastlane makes fishing and water sports fun and easy. Hobie Cat kayaks feature a popular pedal system, not paddles, keeping your hands free as you fish. You no longer need to tow and gas up a boat to experience great San Diego fishing. Call or come in for your no-charge demo ride, 619-222-0760. FastLangSailing.com at Dana Landing Marina across from SeaWorld, 619-222-0766. There's got to be more than going back and forth. Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Uh, please check us out on YouTube, iTunes, and also on my website educateforlife.org. Pick up a copy of the show if you didn't get to hear the whole thing. It's fantastic uh, information about school choice and how you can be involved. And Andrew, I wanted to ask you, um, can you tell us what your your organization is doing in order to, pr- to promote it? And how can our listeners, uh, if they're liking what they're hearing, how can they get involved and make a difference and, and uh, push, push in a positive direction? Sure. Well, first, thanks for again having me on, Kevin. And School Choice Week is something that was started six years ago. This will be our seventh year coming up January 22nd through the 28th. It's one week out of the year where parents, teachers, school leaders, citizens, elected officials come together to raise awareness about the benefits of school choice in all of its forms. That's district schools, charter schools, magnet schools, private schools, online academies, and homeschooling. And the way we raise awareness and let parents know about the options they have, and also let parents speak out if they feel they want more options, is to encourage schools and organizations to hold events. So we started in 2011 with 150 events that were independently planned across the country. And this year, there will be 20,000 events across all 50 states in the District of Columbia, all of them unique, independently planned, independently funded, with the goal of each event to raise awareness in a specific community about the benefits of and the availability of school choice. 
We encourage people to attend these events. If they want, they can still plan an event. You can plan anything you want. We've got 16,000 schools participating, 2,200 homeschooling groups, 1,355 local chambers of commerce, and hundreds of other organizations. So the goal, again, raising awareness of school choice. More people are now researching online the term school choice during school choice week than any other week of the year. Boy, you are doing an incredible work. Uh, I, am, I, I thank God for what you're doing. Um, I, that's, that growth is phenomenal. 2011, you have 150 events, and now you're up to over 20,000 events. Um, this, is, this is growing very rapidly. And um, are there, are, are, I know this is essentially um, bipartisan. Is it, this is, when it comes to politically, I mean, people on both sides of the aisle are, are jumping in on this. Is that right? In some ways, yes. And I think that uh, we're seeing more and more interest in this being bipartisan. So at the state level, you're seeing more bipartisanship on school choice. So depending on how you look at the different policies. So charter schools are supported by both parties in in many cases. Uh, Magnet schools are supported by both parties in all cases. District open enrollment is generally supported by both parties. Online learning supported by both parties. The private school choice function is where um, we've seen more bipartisanship, has traditionally been a Republican-led issue, but there are Democrats who are leading. In California, Dianne Feinstein is one of them. She is somebody who has stood up and said to opponents of school choice, if you don't like my position on it, try to come up against me. And she supported it. She supports private school choice. She was one of the reasons the D.C. school voucher program is a reality. So, yeah, we see bipartisanship. And I think that once Elected officials get beyond the talking points of this issue, mm-hmm. and they visit schools, and they see the growth and success of individual students and the satisfaction of parents, and they see that people's lives are really being changed. They cannot see a reason to oppose it, because when you see a child who is in a hopeless situation, mm-hmm. whether it's a school that's not working for them academically, whether it's bullying, whether it's just a style of instruction that isn't working uh, for him or or for her, and then see their eyes light up, them talking about how they love school every day when they go to a new school, Mm -hmm. them being excited about going to school instead of like complaining about it all the time. How can you oppose this? (laughs) People say school choice is controversial. What I think is controversial is not having more school choice. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you think, um, you know, uh, for those out there, uh, would you say, uh, where you know California does everything except private school choice. Would you say, hey, uh, you know what? That's good enough. We're we're no n- no. I want now <laughs> National School Choice Week. We celebrate all options, and we celebrate the options that that families have. And one of our big goals is to let parents know that they do have choices. But we also provide a platform for people to say, hey, listen, we want more choices. So I think more options for families. Private school choice, public school choice, you name it, is the way to go. I don't think uh, there's any such thing as too many choices. And I want to encourage parents who want more choices to use School Choice Week in January as an opportunity to speak out, be heard, and let folks know that you want more opportunities for your kids. Okay, now I I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but I I know this is the largest fear among those who are – you know, tentative about uh, school choice. They're, they're, you know, 
so this is a real world example. This is the, the discussions that came up in our uh, in our school district, which was, um, look, you know, we're having declining enrollment in our district uh, for whatever reason. There's not as many kids. Um, we have people homeschooling. We have uh, two new charter schools. We just got another uh, charter school that's funded by the state um, that, that popped up and is doing really well. Uh, we have these online programs now. And so, so a lot of the public school board members and, and teachers were saying, you know, this is um, causing problems here because we are losing students. We have these big schools and we're not going to have the funds to make the repairs we, we need. And, you know, there's a big complaint out there that a lot of teachers are overworked and underpaid. And, uh, and so from a real world standpoint, let's say you're standing before my city council here and you're arguing for more school choice. Um, what, what is going to happen? I mean, are some of these schools going to close um, because they're underperforming and the, the, the kids are going to drift, you know, to other schools? Are the teachers pay going to go up or down? You know, what's going to happen in that kind of a scenario, you know, the next five years down the road? Sure. And I think that sometimes you have uh, school board members who view their roles as more fiduciary than educational. And they look at the budget and they they want to make it work. And I applaud them for that. That is the role of a school board member in many cases. But they also have an obligation uh, to make sure that kids are getting a great education. And they take that obligation seriously as well. But they're running the traditional district school system. They're not necessarily the ones who are looking out for education overall. Education overall needs to be about kids. It needs to be about parents. It needs to be about teachers. It does not necessarily and shouldn't be about bricks-and-mortar buildings, uh, adult jobs, and balance sheets. So what I would say is that if you lose a student because of school choice, whether you're a private school, a charter school, a magnet school, an online school, or a traditional district school, you may lose a portion of the funding that went with that student. You won't lose all of it, but you'll lose a portion of it. And you're going to have the same number of kids and the same amount of money that you would minus that that student. And you don't have to educate the kid because the kid's not there anymore. Does it put real world constraints on the school? Yes, but it's also a catalyst for improvement. Mm-hmm. It's a catalyst, in my opinion, to making sure that we reward the best teachers. I agree that teachers are underpaid and overworked. I think one of the best things a district could do would be to cut a lot of extraneous expenses and put money into teacher salaries for the very best teachers, recruiting yeah. and retaining great teachers. Well, that sounds good so to I don't me think being that, a teacher. So. <laughs> yeah, I uh, don't think these things need to be against each other. I think they can work together. But I, I think yeah. sometimes in order to shake a system up, you need a catalyst, and school choice can be the catalyst to do that. Absolutely. My guest today is Andrew Campanella. He is the president of National School Choice Week, and we have one more segment left. We will be right back. Not all home inspections are created equal. Experience matters. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. So call before you buy or sell and protect your investment. Call 619-660-7866 or online at sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections done right. Guaranteed. 
619-660-7866. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful, quiet cabin in the forest. Every 56 seconds, an American learns they have cancer. Every 67 seconds, someone gets an Alzheimer's diagnosis. Local nutritionist and author Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. Discover A1 Fasting Retreat, nestled in the woods in Julian. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com. 619-562-5446. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. I will cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. And my website is educateforlife.org. Please check us out. We got all kinds of amazing stuff on the website. Uh, Incredible curriculum that we put together, uh, 40 different sections of curriculum covering all the different questions you have about uh, God and the Bible and religion, and all the different controversial issues that come up uh, as a young uh, man or woman is looking at the big questions in life about what, what is the purpose of life, what's the meaning of life, uh, where am I going, where did I come from, you know, why are we here, uh, how do we know God exists. All these sorts of questions are answered in our curriculum, so uh, please take some time to check that out. My guest today is Andrew Campanella, and we're talking about school choice. School choice week is just right around the corner here, January 22nd through the 28th, uh, 2017. And there is so much exciting stuff happening. Uh, just recently, a huge survey was done. It was commissioned by Education Next. And uh, they did all these studies on, uh, do people want school choice? Do charter schools work? Do private, uh, do, do private school, does private school choice work? And this was a huge uh, survey that was done. And this is from Paul Peterson. He's a professor of government. He's the director of the Program on Education Policy and Governance at Harvard Kennedy School. And uh, this is what he said. He said, I think that what the data is telling us is that if you have a school where you're paying the money and that school is going to lose money unless you continue to send your children there, they're going to pay attention to your children. And uh, I think, uh, Andrew, that's a lot of what you're, you're saying and what you're seeing, too. Um, the study went on to, the survey went on to confirm private school parents were on average 12 points more satisfied in uh, the areas of quality, discipline, uh, student achievement, safety, and instruction and character and values uh, than charter schools. That's 12 points better than charter schools, uh, private school parents were saying. Uh, And then charter school parents uh, scored 13 points more satisfied than district parents, that is public school parents. And so the school choice is a really big thing here. So, uh, Andrew, so let's say 
we end up with private school choice in California, as uh, you know, this is happening in other states too. Um, are the public schools then going to start offering like religion electives in order to compete with the private schools? Do you think there's going to be uh, changes uh, on that scale, or is that uh, is that not realistic? Well, I don't know exactly what they'll they'll offer. Um, I will say that some of my best experiences in this job, working with School Choice Week, have been uh, with district superintendents in areas where there is an abundance of school choice who are into it. They're excited about it. They say, heck yeah, we can compete. We can compete against all these different types of schools. Bring it on. We want to participate in School Choice Week because we're proud of what we offer. Yeah. We're proud of our teachers. We're proud of our administrators. We're proud of our students. We've got a lot that we're, we want parents to know about, and they are offering things. I went to Jacksonville, Florida, Duval County Public Schools, and they are totally into the idea of school choice. They want people to know that they have fantastic district schools. In Arizona, I have talked to principals who are excited about this. They want to hold events during School Choice Week to promote their district. So I think that you have situations where in certain states where school choice is not necessarily so widespread, a lot of hand-wringing and a lot of concern about things. But once it becomes a part of the culture and districts realize that they're not losing as many kids as they thought they might and that they have some stuff that parents want and they've just got to be more confident about what they offer. So you've got two things you've got. It can be a school choice can be a catalyst for change when a district needs to change. And that's a good thing. And it can also be something that showcases and spotlights what a district is doing right. And that's a good thing too. So that's why I don't think that the sky is falling for these districts. I think they can, they can compete. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. You know, um, on a more personal note, um, why are you so passionate about uh, education? I mean, uh, did you, uh, you know, did you start off in school thinking to yourself, hey, you know what, I want to become a uh, school choice advocate when I get older? That's really what the my calling in life is. No, not not at all. Actually, <laughs> you know, I have I, I, I tell you exactly how I got into this, and it had nothing to do with like an interest when I was a kid in education. In fact, I liked school, but I was done with it. When I was done with it, I went to college and people said, you want to get a master's degree? And I said, oh no, I'm going to graduate and go to work. Um, So education was never something that I thought this is my calling. When it became my calling was when I was helping some kids in Washington, D.C. This is back when I worked in, in a totally different industry, helping them on a program. And one of the assignments they had was writing. They had to write something. And I got some of the essays that these kids wrote, and I saw them. And these kids are 11th graders. They could barely string two sentences together. Oh, and I started talking to them about the schools they were going to, and they were telling me about the deplorable conditions, about they've never had a teacher staying in their classroom uh, for a full year, and they'd have three or four teachers in a year, mm-hmm. um, and just thinking, man, if I were an 11th grader and I couldn't write, or if I wrote at this level, I don't think I'd ever have gone to college and been able to get a job, and my life would have been pretty helpless or yeah. hopeless. Yeah, That's what opened my eyes. It was an awakening because I realized life wasn't the same isn't the same for every kid as it was for me, going to a great traditional district school, mm-hmm. having a great and loving family and the support of a community and church and all those things. It is uh, different in every community, and yeah. we need to make sure that every kid has the opportunity to succeed. And that's yeah. how I got into this. That's what broke my heart. I had a student come up to me um, 
because I teach, like I said, I teach at a uh, private Christian school. Uh, and I had a kid who had transferred from uh, one of the district schools, and uh, we were just having a conversation one day at lunch. And he said to me, uh, Mr. Conover, he said, if I hadn't come to this school, I'd probably be dead by now. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, the people I was running with uh, at my old school and, and the, the people that were around me, uh, you know, he wasn't putting them down because they were just in a hard situation too. But he basically said, you know, my best friend got shot at school. And, and that kind of broke my heart for him. And I've, I've had uh, several students uh, say that same thing to me, uh, just the difficulties of the, the particular school they, they were at. I mean, we do have some very good schools, um, but the, the particular schools they were at, um, one kid told me he'd, he went to the bathroom and there was uh, a drug deal going on in the bathroom. And the people looked at him and told him to get out of the bathroom, right? He couldn't use the bathroom. And he said that happened to him three times. And on the third time, he was like, this, I'm it. this is done. I, I got to get out of here. And uh, You know, I have a, a, a story, and this might be good to close on, it, 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 is that I was in Trenton, New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey, but I was in Trenton, New Jersey uh, probably eight years ago for a legislative hearing about the possibility of expanding school choice across New Jersey. And I was sitting in the back because I wasn't testifying. I was simply there to observe. And a student, a child, sat next to me uh, with his mother. And no interest group brought him there. No uh, school brought him to this hearing. He was about 11 years old. And I asked him why he was there. Because usually when kids show up to these hearings, they're brought by schools or they're brought by a group to do a positive show of force for school choice or against it. Yeah, we got and about a minute. student said to me, the reason I am here is because my older brother couldn't read and he's no longer with us. Uh. And I want to make sure that no other kid is in that situation. And this is so personal for people. Yep. It is not yep. just a policy issue. It's personal. Yeah. Yeah, we got to take it down to that personal level because uh, each person matters. Each each kid uh, is significant. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, hopefully our listeners grab hold of this information and really uh, begin to run with it. Thanks, Kevin. And School Choice Week, January 22nd through the 28th. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Have a, have a very uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too, and Happy New Year. Okay, take care. Uh, my, that, that was uh, Andrew Campanella. Uh, he's my guest uh, today, and he's with uh, he's the president of National School Choice Week. You can check them out on the web at schoolchoiceweek.com, uh, schoolchoiceweek.com. Please get involved and continue to spread the word. Uh, it makes a huge difference. Have a fantastic Saturday and a Merry Christmas, and uh, I hope that uh, you really get to spend time with your family and your loved ones, and uh, especially remember that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and you can be saved today uh, and spend eternity in heaven with your loved ones and with Jesus Christ. Okay, God bless you. Have a fantastic day. In Jesus' name, In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. You will always be much more to me. Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right, but that's all.